on this episode of Quantum Week, October 5th through 11th, 2003. Quantum Week. Quantum Week. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and we talk about movies and music and headlines and stories. And we are in October 2003 with School of Rock and Baby Boy by Beyonce. That's all alliteration right there. Yes. Um, first thing we should do is thank our patrons. Thank you so much, Josh P., Kevin B., Scott M., Tony C. Yes, thank you, all Tony C., especially. No, if you're looking for some extra content, we have... A bunch of episodes on on the if, on the, on the Patreon, Patreon like eight, so, right? Eight, yes, at least. I think, it's eight. Uh, I think you're right. Nine, actually, with the um, maybe with, with the special one. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff up there. So uh, if you become a patron, then you'll be able to access, I believe, all of them. So um, if you're just looking for some content, it's kind of a dead time right now. Uh, feel free to uh, do that. We, we'd really appreciate it. Yep. And uh, this month we've been sponsored by Two Tour CBD. Um, I've you know talked about this a bunch of times, but I'm using the salve. The CBD has been helping my my poor ailing wrist as I continue to rehab it. Um, I am looking to try to get back to yoga here pretty soon. I can almost, I think I can almost put enough weight on it where I can start to do my down dogs without uh, collapsing uh, on my face. And the two doors, uh, two tours CBD salve has really helped me, you know, with pain relief and keeping the inflammation down. Um, I've been using it. I think I've been using it for like four or five weeks now, and uh, I just I keep gaining more flexibility, keep gaining more strength. Um, so big thanks to them. Visit twotours.com. Use code uh, QW for 10% off and free shipping. Yes. Uh, go go there. Do that. 10% off. Free shipping. <laughs> go there and do that. QW. QW. It's not the longest um, That's good. code I've ever good. seen. No. It's a very short one. Yeah, easy, but it works. Easy to remember. Very yes. easy to remember. QW. Uh, so should we get into School of Rock or is there yeah. anything else you want to No, it's good. It's good. Okay. Um, how do you feel about this movie? I don't really like it. Uh, it's not terrible. Um, I'm going to give it a C minus. Um, I know a lot of people do love it, so I expect uh, maybe I'll get some heat for it. I don't know. You will. Yeah. Do you like it? I gave it a C. I think it's average. Oh, oh, we're both probably in trouble then. Yeah, we are. Um, but I wonder, we probably have similar misgivings, I'm guessing. But uh, Mine's just really one. I mean, well, I mean, it's two. I guess the script is <sighs> but, uh, Jack Black. I just don't like him. In general, you don't like him. Yeah, I think it's me. It's a Jack Black thing with me. I think I was I re- after the movie was over. I went and I looked at the reviews. I'm like, I don't like this. People seem to talk about it a lot. And my yeah. we're off base and had like 90 percent uh, of top critics at Rotten Tomatoes. So I was looking through some reviews. Roger gave three and a half stars, and people just seem to really enjoy the ride this movie brings you on. And I yeah. just didn't. And a lot of it is because I just find Jack Black to be just he's not funny to me. Like I don't think he's funny. Yeah. He's sort of Adam Sandler's uh, to me a little bit in this one um, where he's he it's it's hard to know how a th- when I look at Jack Black, I see vacancy in his eyes and I'm like, is this like I don't I feel like I don't I don't know who he is and I feel like I don't know who his characters are a lot of times like I don't they're not acting in a way that makes sense to me. He's extremely manipulative um, for, you know, the first half of this movie. Yeah. And so someone like Ebert would praise him for praise the character for not being condescending to being the same guy, no matter who he was relating with. And I get that, but he was also, so he's not, he's not changing the way he is, you know, to suit the kids necessarily. But I don't know that I like the guy he is. I don't think he's a good guy. I think he's just a manipulative, selfish son of a bitch taking advantage of everybody and every opportunity that he has. And even if at the end, like he teaches some kids to like music and to play rock music, he's still putting himself front and center. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, he's really selfish, and and I guess the good, I guess the good thing is he stays selfish throughout. Which I guess, I, I guess is a credit, but I just find with him, you kind of touched it briefly there, but like it's just I don't buy it. Like he's it's, it's a disingenuous element of Jack Black that I don't believe what he's saying. Like I don't believe I, I, I he I, it's first off he's always Jack Black. He's always on. He's always on. But it's never quite real to me. That's that's what I'm saying. I don't. I look into his eyes. I see vacancy. I don't know who this motherfucker is. In other roles, he does. A, actually, it suits him in other roles. So another movie that uh, Mike, um, who wrote this, Mike Mike White, Mike White, Mike White. He also wrote a movie called Bernie. Have you ever seen it? I haven't. I really like that movie, and it's another Jack Black. But it's a very quirky, odd movie about Jack Black is a, like a mortician's assistant who befriends uh, this recently widowed 
you know, 80 year old woman who has a lot of money and it's manipulative. And he, I mean, he ends up, I, I don't well, want to get too, don't get too much away, yeah, it's but fine, like, it's but it's the perfect role for him. Yeah. Cause he's kind. He's and that got a lot of good reviews. When that yeah. Came out. I would, I, I would recommend it. I would recommend watching it. I think that's, that's probably the best writing job that Mike White, White has done of the movies I've seen. Um, but so it suits him in certain scenarios, but in this scenario, it's very, it's, it was odd. I, I had a hard time. I was cringy watching him for a while. Um, like what are you cringing about? What do you mean? Just cringing? like, I don't like him. Like he's just, uh, okay. Well, you know, I, I know they did this on purpose, but he's making a huge spectacle of himself on stage, which is why he gets fired from his band. Right. Um, because it's not like, it's, it's not good. It's just, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not only flashy, but it's, you're you're repelled by it. I was repelled by him, and then the way he treats his roommate, I am repelled by yeah. him. Yeah, like the whole the all of it. It just is interactions lie or you know it's the way that he's interacting with um um jo- Joan uh, Joan Cusack, the principal. Yeah, um, like she's such a nice trying to do well. This is a perfect role for her. Like she's she's yeah. she's great in this film. Um, and he's just manipulative and weird and and con- i would never want him in that school like i can't you can't like my first time i'm i'm if, if we had that same meeting when he came in i'd be like well, you gotta, that's the thing you I, the the i'm like i had a real like i'm like i, I don't believe this like she he says so he's not like hitting the kids right he does yeah she's like no no we don't do corporal punishment. you wouldn't say it. you'd be like yeah. what the fuck are you talking yeah. about yeah and then you'd be watching like a hawk even let's say you did you were in a real panic we had to have someone going there you would it none of that just added up i, did, I didn't buy that no um the kids, meanwhile, though, are quite good and they're, they're very ri- good. and they're written very well. And the music is very good too, and they perform it very well. I was going to ask that. Is that is yep. that done well? Yeah, they do a great job. I think it's them performing. It looks like them. Doing it looks it. like it is. Yeah, but I, um, I was looking at the uh, the kid playing guitar. And I'm like, that's the those are the notes. That's right. I was looking at the the girl bass player, super good. I was looking at her playing. I'm like, those are the notes. Uh, the p- the piano player. Yeah, they all looked like they were. They must be doing it, or they, it's the best acting job ever. So they might as well be doing it. Yeah. It, 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 they, they, the music sounded good. The, the kids were they they were really good characters. Yeah, they were like well written. They they reacted honestly. They behaved like smart kids would. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, I like these. I like that they weren't uh, to uh, Mike White's credit. They were kids weren't fighting. Like it, like they weren't in competition with each other really. It wasn't, so they got rid of that whole like storyline, which would have been lame. And they weren't a stereotype. No, no. Um, I mean, not really. No, and most of the kids were just. I I, I really like the kids. And, yeah. Um, they kind of like save the movie for me in a way. Cause that first act when the kids aren't there, it's like, Oh God, this is brutal. He's just like, this guy's just an asshole. Yeah. And I don't believe, and I, it's not even, he's an asshole. It's Jack black acting like an asshole. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I don't like this. Uh, so I have a theory I want to throw at you. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, it's a theory that I think has failed. It's a failed a th- theory. Yeah. So I had a theory watching the movie and but as I went and researched my theory, I don't think it, it holds up. Okay. Okay. So my theory is this. If Chris Farley never dies, Jack Black doesn't have a career. But then I went through Jack Black's movies and I want to go through them with you. And I want you to tell me if you think Chris Farley would be better in the role or not. Okay. Let's do it. Um, and I, uh, my theory, I believe, doesn't hold up. So we're going to start in 2000 because Chris Farley dies in 87. Jack Black really isn't, he, he, I know he's in some, I guess like he's the enemy to state for a second, but these yeah. aren't roles that Chris Farley would have had. No. You know what I mean? Yep. So let's take him more of his leading role. Sure. So high fidelity. I, Chris Farley couldn't do that role. No. So that's, you know, now, all right. So, okay. Shallow how I think Chris Farley could, and it would be better. You could do that movie. Yeah. And yeah. I think he'd be better at it. Yeah. So that's one example where, where my theory holds up. You need someone with a lot of war. If he's so warm, that's the thing with Chris Farley. So like he's, He's right. really warm, so that, that's but the kind of character. But he can be mischievous, and he can be kind he of... He can, a, yeah. but you all... Yeah. But not dark. He's not really... He's super dark. Like, no. Jack Black is is more of a serial killer. Yeah, and I guess that's part of the problem, too, right? He has those crazy eyes. Yeah. Um, all right, school... This movie, School of Rock. I don't I, think Chris Farley could do this. I don't this. think so. He doesn't have the musical chops, probably, right? Oh, no, not at all. No. No, that, that, and that's one thing. Um, Jack Black is a very good musician. Very good. He's got a great voice. He's a good guitar player. Got to yeah. give him that. Um, I'm, I'm skipping over a couple, but like King Kong. I mean, I don't think Chris probably would have done that movie no. anyway. Uh, Nacho Libre. Chris probably probably could have done that. Probably could have. I didn't like that movie. I, I didn't that's see another, it. I, uh, it's another uh, Mike White. So he does the voice of Kung Fu Panda, which Chris Farley was in Beverly Hills Ninja. Oh yeah, 
but like I don't know if it, or, you know that probably translates honestly. Tropic Thunder, I think, could probably be better. But that was a really good movie, and actually, that's, that was that's really Jack good. Black's. I, I don't know if I, you know, Jack Black actually did, a, I think, a good he job a great in that job movie. Yeah. Um, and then he does like Gulliver's Travels, which I, I've it. never seen. It, it didn't, probably Farley can do it. It's probably that Bernie. A, by all accounts, he was great in that movie. That's good. So you probably stick with Jack Black. There. I would. And, uh, Goosebumps, which I saw because um, my, my nephew likes that movie. It was Jack Black, but he was very muted. Um, it was almost like anyone. Yeah. He, honestly, it wouldn't even. I don't think Chris Farley would, but you would have had someone more, like much more laid back and reserved. It was. Yeah. A, it was almost like an anti-Jack Black performance. He was okay. Well, the holiday is too. Like that, oh, the holiday. Yeah. I to the holiday. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, which is definitely um, Farley wouldn't have done that. He, he, he wouldn't have done that. Black. I thought Black was good in that actually. And you have the Jumanji movies, which are actually not bad. They're not bad. Uh, have you seen any, either I one of not. them? I saw the original. I saw Robin Williams. One. I, don't, I don't like that. I would say see the first one. It's interesting. I'm, that's not going to happen. Okay. Uh, right. Unless we run into it. Well, we will. probably will. It will. It made a shitload of money. Yeah, it did. Um, so like it just, it didn't, after going through this, I'm like, oh, it's not really a clear cut example of Chris Farley. Like, I think Jack Black still had a career regardless of Chris Farley living or dying. They're different roles. Yeah, they are. They're more different than I thought. Yeah. Um, I don't know why Jack, I mean, the thing is Jack, but he has talent. You know, he's got... I don't le- know if he's a good act. Well, he said he, said he was good. He he's said been, he's in that Burning movie. He's, I, I have not seen him... Tropic uh, Thunder, the script is so good that you can, and the cast is so good that you can kind of just rise above it just kind of, kind of just by hanging out, which I can. feel like he kind of does in that movie. Yeah. Um, but, and he's, I haven't seen Bernie. Uh, the hall, he's, he's good in the hall. It's not a bad... I mean, for a, for a you know... And he's in like Margo, uh, Margo's Wedding, right? Or, I'm sorry. Mm, uh, I don't know that. Uh, sure. It's a... Uh, it's a, it's a um, let me find it here. I just had it. <sighs> Margot at the wedding, which is like an independent film. It was a bomb back movie. I haven't seen it, but he got some good, uh, you know, he's like, Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible in it. Yeah. Um, but that's not saying a lot. I mean, if we're naming two or three movies that he's either, you know, a couple movies that he's good in maybe yeah. and a couple movies that he's not bad in, that doesn't really say a lot for his career. I don't really get, I, the thing is just watching this time. It really struck me how put off I am by him. Just Me too. that I don't know. I can't peg him. I don't know him. Like I can't, none of his, his characters don't seem to be warm. And I think he's just saying, I think that Jack, I, I can't imagine having a beer with him. No, like he's not Kevin Klein. Like I would go and like, let's go, right. you know, let's go have a beer and like chat about shit. I don't think he's real. Is he real with his friends? So, so, so someone might argue, all right, well then Billy Madison's real. I know you don't know me, but I do. Yeah. So to that effect, I would say, well, Billy Madison to me is funny. Like Billy Madison and Norm, when they're all having that conversation, throwing pickles against the window, that's funny to me. <laughs> and there's nothing in this movie that's actually, I don't I, I don't know if I laugh many times in the movie at all. I'm not like, sure. Maybe, I laughed. maybe twice. Yeah, maybe like I, I, I didn't think this was very funny. Um, and the stuff I laughed at or even had a smile on my face would have been with the kids. Right. And it's funny. It was such a dichotomy because the kids were behaving so real and never were on, which is usually the opposite way. And then, but Jack black the whole time was like just so obnoxious and just like, there's like one scene where it really made me roll my eyes. It, it was a long, it was, um, it was a long scene. It was uncut. It was a, it was a one shot for a while. Yeah. And um, it's just Jack Black like, explaining his song. It sounds like a, just a crazy person. It does sound like a crazy person. And, and it, the, the camera slowly pans back. But it's just like, oh, this is just someone who has like maybe mental. And it just, this is someone I just, I don't want to be around. That's exactly right. And it's almost like, why do the kid? maybe, maybe it's, maybe you can sort of believe that because kids are more naive that they would be more forgiving about this motherfucker. But I, I mean, it's like they're trapped in the room with them. They have to be. I, I guess. guess they are, but wouldn't like I would have. There's no way I keep sh- that type of shit from my parents. We're doing this special project that you can't tell anybody about. Like all the deceit, I'd be like, yeah. fuck that." The teacher asked me to lie. I'm not. I'm not no, no, no. That's that. That seems crazy to me. Keep shit from your parents seems crazy. Well, sadly, like they really didn't. I guess the kids didn't. Which one's well, the, the kids behave real? The yeah. kids really kind of didn't, and they were like, "No, we like music and." Um, but that red flags would go off even as a kid yeah. red flags would go off for me and just, uh, it wouldn't make sense and the principal too who's a good like a good person you know stunted maybe and whatever but trying to do the right thing knows about her responsibility gets it and there's no way she would she would put up with this guy yeah yeah all right so let's talk Richard Linklater okay all right so I have to cop to not having seen a lot of his movies and it's not because of me quote unquote like you know just hating him or anything like that isn't that at all um, his movie topics don't typically interest me a ton, so I right. run out to see them. Um, but I'd not against like I just I, I would certainly sit and watch them. I just haven't. You 
You must have seen Days and Confused. I, would I bet. have. Yeah. I've seen that. I didn't particularly love it. it so long ago when I saw it, I don't remember much. I don't hate it at all. It just, it's just also just not something that's going to really raise Like that kind of movie, uh, kind of the stoner 70s, um, like high school kid stuff. But the stoner 80s high school kid stuff you're in. That's why I thought I thought you might Am like I? that one. Am I? Because of Fast Times? Because of Fast Times. I've, I, my recollection is it's a better Fast Times. Yeah, it probably is and it isn't. It's not as much fun as Fast Times, mm, um, but it's probably better. It's like probably has a better script. You know what yeah. I mean? It has like less whole, like yeah, has less problems. I think the cast, although the cast for for both movies are, are exceptional. Pretty good, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And Lincoln has always had a good good eye for cast. No, but I haven't seen like the Before Sunrise movies. Before Sunrise is good. I haven't seen the other ones. I, I haven't seen those. Um, Waking oh. Life is good. That's like the first one where he sort of cartoons over. I don't like that. I guess something that's like not doesn't really appeal to me. Just to just have the actors. I don't know why we're doing this, but yeah, Scanner Darkly does yeah. the same thing. I don't. I don't get why it's being done. It's not something I really want to go see. Sure. Boyhood. Then, oh, Boyhood. Right. Which is fantastic. I have not seen that. Oh, really? Yeah, I know that you recommend it, but I the, right. This is actually you see. Uh, you actually see a kid grow up over the course of twelve years. Twelve years. Or something. Yeah, twelve years. You know, in school in theory. Uh, yeah. It, it's very good. It's really well done. He gets great performances from. Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette. Yeah. It's that kind of like, and it's a lot of, it is kind of like improv type stuff. And I, that's a big reason I want to go see, I, I really do want to see before sunrise movies. I know those are very, yeah. Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy and they're very, it's very like improv. Yeah. Type. And he does a great job with that in boyhood. So I'm sure that it's really good. I think Glenn Coder is a really bright guy. Like yes. He's obviously a genius. Um, I don't think school of rock is the best use of his talents. No. Um, although for a kid's like as a kid's movie, this might not be bad. Like this could just be a situation where we're aged out of this. I think if I were 12, 13 years old and you know, the 12 or 13, maybe nine or 10, you think that young, but I'm just trying to think of like at, at some point in my life, music really turned on for me where I want to perform. And I'm just trying to think of when that kind of that happened. I mean, I was always interested in it, but it was like, Oh no, I want to do this. I can see myself as maybe a, you know, not quite a teenager yet being like, oh, I want to do this and seeing this movie and being like, yeah, I can, I'm a kid and I can, you know, I'm a kid, plays well, music, I, I can kinda, do this shit. That's when they kind of threw curveball at me here. This, yeah. is rated, this is rated PG-13. Is it really? For no reason. Oh, yeah, actually, that's right. Yeah, I did see that. No, no reason. This no sh- reason. So if you have a kid, I'll, I'll say this right now, like as much as I'm saying, I'm like, I'm going to give this movie a thumbs down. I give it. It's like a. It's a I, C I, or something. I, I C minus me. I, I okay. Like All right. Uh, and we can give our fine. You get. We yeah. have until the Patreon to really. Right. Um. Oh, well, I do want to do our movies from last week. I didn't do that in the Patreon. Oh, forgot about that. Um. But I. But having said that, though. Yeah. Don't not have your kids see this because of yeah. the rating. Yeah. This is really good for any age. There's nothing. There was not one thing where. I mean, I, I know I'm not a parent, so maybe you. Oh. But there wasn't one element where I'm like, whoa, a kid really shouldn't no, see that. not at all. In fact, if anything, I thought they kind of made it so it was like, ugh, it's kind of like annoying where they went the softer route a bunch of times. They did. And uh, I was like, oh, I kind of, I, I assume they were going, honestly, when I'm watching my goal, like, oh, I guess they're just going for a PG here. That's why they did that. When I found it was PG-13, I was like, what? Why? why? Yeah, what's the point? Yeah, the, they had a few opportunities. And the kids are really, if you're a kid watching this. The other kids are such good actors, and the and the roles are so are so decent. They seem like decent people. That it probably is a lot. If you're nine or ten, this is a much more enjoyable movie than us being in our forties. Even the rambunctious drummer kid, you know, you you he could have been a serious asshole, but they didn't was, make they didn't make him that at no, all. And I like the actor. Yeah, he was good. I like all the kid actors. Yeah, none of them were like cutesy. No, maybe the valedictorian girl was a little bit of, mm. a little of that, but maybe that's also that character. Yeah. Um, and it was never too much. I, I really, and some of the car- some of the kid actors were almost like muted. Like it was almost like they were really like, not, not that they were afraid to speak or anything, but almost like they were quiet, like real children. Yes. Some kids are quiet. Yeah, like the introverted piano, piano playing kid or even the guitarist kid who yeah. was coming out of his shell. Yeah. You, you would, I'm like, oh, this is that. all feel, feels like real. Like I, I was, I was really impressed. And actually Linkler is a boyhood. Linko does yeah. a great job directing kids in boyhood too. Yep. Um, and you can, you can see he's got, he's, he's, and he does a great job with, uh, days and confused with the kid. Yeah. All the, as much as it's not a movie that I love, um, you can't deny the, the quality aspects of it, the acting, the cast, right. And how Linklater can, can direct, um, you know, his, his Linklater works with actors and actresses very well. Um, I think so. I also really liked the, you know, the end, music scenes like i i think it, i think it looks really good and looks really and looks real that like, last did you watch the whole credits 
I oh yeah, when they're back in the like that's it, like that's why I hate Jack Black. Yeah. Like so I oh I forgot to, I want to bring this up. Yeah. So I saw Jack Black. Really? I went to and you can Google this yourself. Um Google Stephen Colbert, Jack Black, um, and I think this will pop up. Um because I did it last night. Uh so I was at a Colbert taping right when Colbert got his show from Letterman. Yeah. Um and we knew someone that was a uh, like an usher there and they we got a, they got us great seats like front and center and second row couldn't have beat it cuz the Ed Sullivan Theater is a pretty big theater. Yeah. I saw a Letterman show there before we knew anybody and I we were kind of like we were in okay spot but you're kind of on the side. This was like I was right there. So I was right I couldn't have had a better seat. And Jack Black was the guest who's promoting Goosebumps and he came on it was interview whatever it was fine. And then um, near the end of the show, Colbert starts going into like kind of like a riff of like um, political songs, like how Bill Clinton used Fleetwood Mac and things right. like that. Yeah. And then he kind of walks over and he they, he breaks into this song, almost doing like a fake like political rally song. Sure. And then Jack Black comes out, and the two of them like it's it's almost like kind of like a we didn't start the fire like rapid fire lyrics. Yeah. Um. And then um. And they kind of do like a little dance. But like the whole time, like this is one take Jack Black. I imagine probably rehearsed it just that afternoon. Yeah. He probably didn't have much more time than that. I mean, he's a busy guy. He's yep. promoting this movie goosebumps. And like, so he probably just took the afternoon. Re- he didn't miss a step. Yeah. He got all like, it was, I always remember what I was watching. I'm like, wow, this guy's a pro. Cause Colbert probably had all time. All. And you get Colbert said too, like afterwards, he's like, I was kind of nervous to do that. Jack sure. Black was, was gone, but Colbert took a couple questions afterwards He's like, I was kind of nervous to do that. I was kind of anxious about it all day. And he had flubbed up some things earlier on in the monologue and he did a couple different takes. But you could tell like something was on his mind, but it was, it was, it was this. this. Oh, of course. We just, we just didn't know it was coming. Yeah. Because um, he did like three or four takes in the monologue, which is rare for like, usually late night guys just kind of have that. Because are they reading? They're reading. But yeah. He was trying to do some like crazy stunt. I forget what it was, like kicking something. Yeah. It was a tap dancing thing. Okay. And um and he couldn't get it he couldn't get it right and he and he, it was really annoying him and he they kept doing he's like I want to get this right I want to let's keep doing it. Yeah. Um he wasn't like mean about it but he was just like really like Yeah, he wants he wants to, he execute. Wanted yeah. to get it right. He just had gotten a job and he was nervous. I'm sure. But the Jack Black thing, Jack Black just went out, hit his mark, did the lines. Now he is reading cue cards. You could tell it's very clear. I, the camera doesn't do any favors either. They the way it's shot, you can tell he's reading cue cards. I'm like, why would you do that to the guy? Yeah. Like he's doing your favor doing this stupid song. Yeah. So um but he but he even does like a little, and he, like I want, at the end, he throws his hat in the air and kicks it, which is a daring move. Cause that, if you miss it, you look like an asshole. I you mean, yeah, he's Jack Black. You can be like, I'm fat. I'm funny. Ha ha. But he hit it. He yeah. Hit, he knew it hit. He did it knowing it hit it. Yeah. And he didn't have that much time to practice. That. Right. Like I was just like, this guy's a pro. He's a busy he's, guy. He's not like doing that all week. No. Yeah. He probably did it in like two, two hours at most to rehearse yeah. it at most, probably less. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, like this guy's like, and a few times he knew, he knew the lines better than Colbert. Like a couple times, close his eyes or looks at Colbert, and they do like so. He's not reading the cards. Looking sure, at and then he knows he has the the intelligence to go back to exactly what the card is. Right, I know that doesn't sound like much, but no, it that's not easy. It's not, and easy. you're in front of a live audience. It's getting taped for, to go. You know, a million people are going to watch it. Or yeah. Whatever it is, like yeah, More that's than that. yes, that's legit. That's yeah. fucking legit. Yeah, he's a he's a good performer. I was like, wow. I remember watching like, wow. I have, I have a whole new respect for Jack Black, who I didn't really love going in. Yeah, and I'm still, as you can tell, I'm not a huge fan of of his acting, and I don't really like the Notorious D stuff. It's just not for uh, me. Tenacious D. Tenacious yeah. D. I'm sorry. There's a couple songs I really like. He's a good music. He's just a good. I know, he's I, good. I'm yeah. sure he is. He's got a great voice too. It's it's not. It's he has a rock voice. It's hard to do that. He's he, never in trouble. He's never in trouble. He seems like a good guy. I've never heard like in the trades anybody like shit. No, I got to do this movie, Jack. Like it's never like that. He seems yeah. like a decent guy to be to, to work with. I just don't find that particular his particular brand of humor very funny. And I yeah. feel like I felt like watching this. Too, I felt like this is a little aged out. Yep. Like it feels like oh, this is kind of. But maybe not. Maybe you know. And then I. But then I read the reviews, and I'm like, oh, obviously the reviews from 2003. Pretty old, yeah. But I'm like, oh, I really missed the marketing movie completely. Which it, that happens. They're not every, you know. But I got to be honest, and I just, I just didn't. Of course, I didn't like the movie. I think kids watching. I, I know who this is for. If kids watching this, I think would would be entertained by it still. But let us know. I mean, if you've got kids that have never seen it before, show it. To, yeah. Let, let us know yeah, if I'm that's the case. That. Yeah. Um. But I think it's not. Yeah. It's not really. It's not for me anymore. Right. I probably liked it more when I saw it, even when I was, you know, 24, 25. Yeah. yeah. When this yeah. came out, probably liked it more then I would guess, but, 
but uh yeah let us know um i did want to say one thing did you know yeah. so um did you see where uh mike white got the idea from he was uh so there's it's based on this this um this school is called the langley school music project uh, this music director, Hans Fenger, this is what he said. He, so basically it's like he, he decided, he's like, I don't know how to teach kids music. And I think it's kind of condescending to teach them like kids songs. Yeah. Cause it's not yeah. real. Right, right. So he had this idea of he would, um, he would record his music classes singing pop songs of the day or even a little bit earlier. I think this was done in the seventies. So some Beatles songs and sure. some Bowie and stuff. This is what he said. So, uh, this is from Hans Fanger. I knew virtually nothing about conventional music education and didn't know how to teach singing. Above all, I knew nothing of what children's music was supposed to be, but the kids had a grasp of what they liked, emotion, drama, making music as a group. Whether the results were good, bad, in tune, or out was no big deal. They had enthusiasm. This was not the way music was traditionally taught, but then I never liked conventional children's music, which is condescending and ignores the reality of children's lives, which can be dark and scary. These children hated cute they cherished the songs that evoked loneliness and sadness and so what ended up happening so he, he, he made these recordings in the 70s and um someone like randomly found one in a and it, it largely unnoticed but someone found it in like an old record store in like a used section or something and played it and then was like what this is fucking phenomenal like all this haunting kids singing these these songs from you know from the 70s and 60s and uh, and then it, it kind of got a little bit of fame from there. So that's what Mike no. Mike White uh, took from that and decided to to make this. Mike White is a uh, he's in a lot of the Costerman books, um, like Sex Stories and Cocoa Puffs. I think it's a chapter oh, on Mike White, I believe. Yeah, um, he's an indie darling from Chuck and Buck. Yeah. Was the movie he made in the late? Have 90s. you seen that? That's, I that's, haven't. That's that's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. I ha- I haven't. I, some reason he just doesn't. Once I know it's just, it's just weird. doesn't quite it's, appeal to me. But I, I probably should give it a chance. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one. That's one I would watch. Watch that one. Yeah. Um, I do want to go over our movies from last week. We never did the thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay, so you're gonna thumbs down this one. Well, no, <sighs> well, not this, not this one. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot, I forgot. Gladiator. Okay. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, Battlefield Earth. Thumbs down. Thumbs up. If we were at Cisco Neighbor, we'd be two thumbs, two way th- down. <laughs> would be the quote. <laughs> and then frequency. I give it a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Oh yeah, I got, oh, I got two thumbs up. C plus, okay. I gave it. So right, it was right, fine. Right. You, yeah, so you, watch it. Watch you'd it. Recommend it. Totally watch right, it. Yeah, watch it. And we'll save this one for the the patreon um okay can we talk about uh, our sponsor yeah let's do that so we have cookies for breakfast uh one more time here cookies for breakfast is a podcast hosted by spark tabor uh his tag for it is pursuit of pleasure podcast uh it covers everything from pop culture to current events to sex uh some episodes are just him some episodes he has on guests uh, he's had some interesting episodes that I think would appeal to our audience. Um, he had one episode about Chadwick Boseman, um, who we haven't covered yet in this Not show. Not at all, no. I mean, he's really at the tail end of what we'd be covering, right? He's really- I don't know, man. He did a lot of stuff in the last decade. I mean, yeah, right. I guess the last 20 yeah. But you'd think we'd run it. Or, well, we haven't run in any Marvel movies, which is bizarre. We have not. Um, but yeah, so he. So if you're, you have the other itch for like, hey, I want to you know, hear about Chadwick Boseman, which like I said, we haven't talked about. Uh, check out Cookies for Breakfast. He also does an episode about christmas songs uh there's an episode where he kind of walks through making like a basically kind of like the idea of yeah a someone movie. gives him an idea for a movie is that what he happens and he kind of goes through he oh, has he has idea for a movie and then he uh they kind of run it through uh, kind of creating the screenplay for it yeah it's, it's actually it's actually really good uh check that out it's um you can hear cookies for breakfast anywhere you can hear it on spotify apple anchor um or you know wherever you're kind of getting your podcast you, sh- you should be able to find it i found it pretty easily online i use the apple yeah uh, podcast but um uh the nice thing is if you're you know looking for content i know it's a dead time i think you're hearing this on new year's eve it's just nothing is no- nothing probably has been out for a week and for a lot of podcasts it, you know you might not have anything until the following weeks so you're like ah i want to try something give cookies for breakfast to try check out that chadwick boseman uh episode or the episode where the making a movie those are the two i'd recommend um hosted by spark tabor cookies for breakfast so this is beyonce featuring sean paul uh baby boy this is off of dangerously in love this is her we talked about you know this album before right because uh, it's got crazy in love on it right which was also a number one hit. Uh, this that was number one for weeks, and this uh, baby boy was number one for for nine weeks. Um, so this was a lot of a lot of Beyonce at this time. She also had two number five, uh, top nine number five. Weeks? This one was nine weeks. Baby That's boy, a long time, long time. 
uh, Me, Myself, and I, and also Naughty Girl Top 5. So this album was huge. 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 She recorded it in between um, Destiny's Child albums. Her dad, uh, Matthew Knowles, is the uh, he's the manager for Destiny's Child, and then also Beyonce's manager. I don't know if he still is, probably is. Who knows? But he really had the idea of, okay, well, now, you know, we've developed these personas. Yeah. These three, you know, three strong women in Destiny's Child. So why don't we all also do, um, you know, individual solo projects? I'm sure he's got, he he also, to a certain extent, realized that Beyonce was a star. Yeah, and he would more, make more a ton of money else, but, yes. but not that Destiny's Child didn't make a lot of money. I mean, it did. No, they're a huge group. Yeah, huge group. And actually, I really like, we have said this before, too. I really like Destiny's Child. Um, a lot of their songs. Uh, I like a lot of their songs. But... Huge album, 11 million sales, five Grammys. I mean, this really stratosphere for Beyonce from this point on. Um, And I I don't like this song. I mean, I I think this is, so I really, we we both really like uh, Crazy in Love. It's a great song. Great song. This one's not good. No, and I I, I feel like it's more, I feel like it should be Sean Paul featuring Beyonce. So here's Sean Paul. He's that sort of monotone reggae yeah. rap guy, and I fucking hate him. So here's here's me hating him. This song. Half step fucking melody line. I fucking hate that guy so much. I hate his music. Yeah, so bad. Uh, it's just kind of boring. I don't. Know. I would say I hate it, but it's, it's kind of oh, boring. I hate it. He's he's one of those guys. Like he's one. Yeah, he's just he doesn't. It. I think people get lost in his style and they forget about, you know what he's doing. He's not doing anything that's interesting at all. A half step melody is a piece of shit and he's got auto tune all over himself. Just kind of like pegs him in. It's so annoying to listen to. He's like, uh, Oh, who's that guy that does all the feature? Oh, he's an all he's, he's like on everybody's record too. And he does a lot of art. Uh, does a lot of auto tune. Damn it. I'm going to forget this guy, but he came up a few times um, in other episodes that we've done, but it's Sean Paul. Same thing. He's all, he's like featuring Sean Paul all over the place I, I on just, all these I, records. I feel like and he's just in this song too much. Like listening, I'm like, all right, enough, dude. Like, right, like, it's not let's a Beyonce hear more, song. Let's hear more Beyonce. Yeah. Um. Did you watch the video? Yeah. The video is a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going. There's on. There's a lot going on. The video, <laughs> video is right there with Fiona Apple, Criminal. Like as far as like videos, you're like, oh Jesus, Ooh. this is something. There's a lot going on in this video. <laughs> yes. this, is, this is very exciting. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the video is wild. Uh. But even the video, especially the video, especially the video, you're like, all right, Sean Paul, enough of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we get back to yeah. the real but feature like, here? But that's kind of how I felt like listening to this song. It was like, all right, like enough, dude. Like, let's, you know, Beyonce's the talent, like the, She's the more the talented talent. person. That's, absolutely. Like, wh- why, why are we hearing so much of this guy? Talented, attractive. Like, yes. yeah, she's, she's the one that we want to we want to see we want to see and here but maybe i don't know he was big then like this is he was i think he had a couple number one hits the one that i i just played um was uh get busy that that hit number one and it wasn't too long before this so i i think you know again i, I think it's it's her dad saying all right let's try to load this thing up make sure we got oh, yeah. some, some people on here that will help you know just in case because there's other there's other you know featuring acts there are so on the, this question, album. the question here is would this song be the same way if it wasn't her first album like i don't think anyway i think sean, no i think sean paul no you might hear a clip of him yeah but it wouldn't be throughout the whole song i think that's a not insecurity but that's just not having that confidence that she yeah. would have at, but then when this album hits huge then she even talked about like so she's 23 here yeah she's, young. She, yeah, she's really yeah. young and you know her her success was with a group it was right. with two other women you know two other creative forces so she didn't she was definitely the front and center yes. but but it wasn't all on her where this is all on her so i would i would expect too from her perspective like she she said it she's like i was a little worried like this was this one's all on me I, so, that's understandable yeah good as good as people that have like some real cred yeah and, who have no. number one hits who right right absolutely that makes sense so it's a smart play it is uh, smart it's play. just i bet that it, it wouldn't happen if this was a third album this wouldn't have been this no way. way but then again we say it but it still was like nine it was nine weeks number one so obviously i guess it was the right move it was the right move and the first one was J, you know jay-z was on uh crazy uh crazy in love right yeah of course right so, but, but so that, that made more sense and he also wasn't as intrusive it was not as intrusive no it wasn't this is like the whole song is it him is. And it's, it's like him. all right yeah i think that's probably why i can't stand it as much as is is it you know it annoys me that much because he's all over it i so, give this, i give this song a c by the way it's less than that it's a, it's a d 
it's I think not, it's it's not average. Good. I just felt like it was like, eh, it just kind of happens. It exists. I hate him so much. I can't. Yeah, you I really just, don't like him. I, I mean, really he's a good guy, him. but you'd like him if you oh, met him. Yeah, maybe. Maybe a friend of the show, but I just hate his music. Not a friend of the show, though. Not, not like friend. Donald Sutherland. No, well, no, no, Don, no, I mean, no, I mean Don. Donald. That's a, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a, he's a legit friend. That's a, yeah. that's a, <laughs> <laughs> he's still alive, right? It's a historic friendship. He is still alive. Yes, he is. Joking. Donald um, is very much still very, very healthy. I hope. Very, please, please stay with Talk us. To him, talk to him daily. Ah, <laughs> uh, Don, you know, your, your son's a fuck up. <laughs> I'm sure he's aware. I think he knows. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's tough being a dad in Hollywood. So uh, the problem though is, okay. You, Beyonce gets sued because from um, Jennifer Armour, who says you stole the song from me. So Beyonce she gets, she gets, this, this. Jennifer Armour should have sued Sean Paul. Probably. Not Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce, right. Beyonce barely in the song. So what she claims is that Beyonce steals lyrics, the rhythm and the hook from Jennifer Armour's song. It's called, um, what's it called? Uh, can't remember it. I don't know. Does anyone know it? No, probably not. Right. So I listened to, I'd listened to the clips that I could find and I couldn't see the similarities, but okay. I, so, and actually I'm hoping that, I don't know if anybody out there runs into it. I'd love to see it. This is what happens. So it goes, to the, it goes into the courts. The courts say, um, says it's not similar, but then, then they get like an expert witness. And I don't know if it, it goes it, somehow it goes to another, another court. I don't know. Wow. She keeps going. Okay. I, I'm not sure how I will say typically in these things, they settle. So the fact this went this deep, is- didn't settle. Um, but, but Jennifer gets, uh, a, um, an expert in who slows down her song, puts it in the same key, like just does the manipulation that you need to and plays them side by side. And the judge is like, Oh yeah, this is similar, but then it still gets struck, struck down. Um, she doesn't, uh, Jennifer doesn't win because they couldn't prove that Beyonce heard it before and also heard it slow down. Well, no, 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 it wouldn't be that though. It would be, that's not, that's not how it would work. If you heard a song, song, you would, you would change. Yeah. You would, you would say, Oh, this gives me the idea for, but turns out, um, Jennifer Armour gave it to, Beyonce's dad Oof. before Beyonce it still got thrown out. She didn't make any money. Oh, right. But so I, I started digging a little bit. Beyonce fucking gets sued for stealing other people's artwork all the time. I think it happens to a lot of people though. Does it? I think so. This is pretty, I mean, I've she, never seen it like I mean, this. It's like, I've never seen it like this. She's got such a bullseye on her because she's, she's so famous. Though. Yeah, but there are a lot of people are so famous and I've never seen it like this. So she, um, she was. She stole uh, her her video countdown video choreography from this uh, Belgian dancer named Anne Teresa Kiersmecker, and later on she admits it. Someone took uh, the side by side of uh, of uh, Kiersmecker doing her dance and Beyonce doing her dance. You can see this video. I'll tweet it out. But it's not. It's not before. It's, uh, it's sorry. It's before and after. They show one and then they show the other, and it looks dead on balls exactly the same. She still. She stole it. Uh, the choreography for a formation world tour. She stole it from a dance company called De La, De La Garda. Um, and this woman, uh, one of the dancers, Marilyn Ortiz called her. I saw it on, on, uh, on Instagram. Um, she stole a choreography for, for run the world, uh, a song that she did at the billboard music awards from this Italian pop star named Lorella, um, Chikarina, I think. And when she was confronted so afterwards, she admitted she dancing then she's not stealing. Okay. Um, bootalicious. She lied. And said that she came up with the idea. Do you know? Do you know uh, Bootalicious? It's this one. I love the song. But do you hear the guitar? Oh, I can't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That guitar. That's from Age of Seventeen. It's a Stevie Nicks song. Um, she lied and said she, it came up. She said it was two thousand. We were on our way to Japan, um, and I came across the Stevie Nicks song. And something about that guitar riff reminded me of a voluptuous woman. And I said, I'm going to write a song to celebrate it. But then her, so her producer, uh, Rob Fusari, later on go, goes out and, and says, no, I was the one who put this song together. I came up with that. Fucking lied. Um, and he talked to her dad, talked to Matthew Knowles about it, who said people don't want to hear about Rob Fusari, producer from Livingston, New Jersey. No offense, but that's not what sells records. So but she's just manufacturing the story. Like, why lie about it? It doesn't, it, who gives a shit? Um, she was accused of stealing Survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm not going to, from T. Rob Robinson, a producer. Uh, his song glorious again he gave he gave the song to beyonce's dad before it was recorded um she told an audience uh, at a live show that she wrote the song irreplaceable for off this album um but neo wrote it <laughs> like it's just over and over she just gets she just fucking lies and steals shit and people keep calling her out about it 
um, sued for stealing independent woman, uh, kissing you and, and a bunch of other songs. She keeps getting sued for fucking stealing people's stuff. I haven't seen it with other with I, not if there are a lot of people. Madonna's very fa- famous. You don't get those uh, um, uh, accusations about Madonna. There's plenty of famous people that you're not saying, look, this person is literally stealing this verbatim. It makes sense to that. You hear stuff and you incorporate it into your music like that's going to happen. But you make it sound like you. You don't like straight up steal shit and and particularly when you're going to get caught like the choreography stuff that's that's plain as day you look at them side by side and you're like this is a fucking ripoff if you're going to do that just the good thing to do is just say hey this is based on this dance this person really inspired me like just give credit where it's due and then you you avoid all this shit and she's so rich who cares if someone else co you know if you hey this is a great idea um i want to incorporate into my song or even write the song and be like you know what this sounds I, I, this sounds similar enough where I want to give this person some credit. Let me give them, you know, 10% of the proceeds from the song, something just to like, just to say, you know, Hey, attaboy, particularly with people who are not, never going to be that famous or never going to make as much money as yeah, Beyonce. I always, I, Beyonce. I, I, I always kind of, uh, I hear stuff like that. Cause I'm like, you're only getting one side of the story a lot of times. And well, she, but I see her admit over and over that yeah. later on afterwards, after being confronted that she did it. Oh, I did it as an homage. Oh, I did it. Well, say it, you know, say it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know this. You know I mean? I mean, all I know I, is I know, I I, say, it was know, very know, clear to say about it. But. You know, after I saw that she got sued over this song, it was very easy to, to see a pretty trackable, um, you know, timeline here of her taking. Well, she's stuff. probably surrounded by a lot of yes people. And then she just, you know, I think when you get that famous and that, I mean, that much of a superstar, you can kind of say what you want and people just kind of agree with it. And then when you say it in public, maybe then you get, you catch a little heat for it. I mean, I think that happens to a lot of famous people. Maybe I've just, I haven't seen it like this. It happens to politicians. I mean, happens, well, it happens, yeah, but it happens to everybody. So, but that's different. Politicians aren't making art. Politicians are lying for, that's their job. Their job is to tell you what, what you want to hear. Like they're just actors. Like that, that makes sense. Right, even like part. Biden, like, you know, plagiarizing that speech in 19, you know, the eight, I think people just think they can get away when you become so powerful. You just think you can just say whatever oh. you want. And then, Oh shit. You get called out for all this. Right. I know. You know? I'm just saying it's not right. That's, no, all. that's it's, my point. It's probably not right um well it's definitely not right but i mean, I, mean I don't know any about it so i don't you know besides what you, well, you just told me i mean i i don't i don't you know i i don't know i didn't know we we're gonna all right well, break down Beyonce, uh ripping you know, off some choreographers thing and you know about 10 years ago i don't i don't know and songwriters sure i i don't i don't know i, I don't know i believe that you don't know right i believe it I don't i don't i don't know what, I don't know what I'm supposed to say i don't know you're not supposed to say anything okay all, all i'm saying is like there's a there's a lot around her in yeah. particular more so than i think you know, with the amount that I'm looking into or that we're looking into musicians, if there were this much smoke around some, I would have seen it like the, like Billy Ocean. That was pretty clear. I think it's different because we can play the clips back to back. Yeah, I didn't have I couldn't find a good enough copy of the I saw like a there was like yeah. a minute and a half snippet of the of the old one um, and I couldn't quite identify it. It didn't make sense in that context. I didn't have enough time to do that much digging um, for this uh, Jennifer Amore song. I was trying to find it. Uh, maybe maybe it is findable and and then i then i can i'm pretty good about that too if if it's similar even if it's a different key or faster or whatever i can usually like peg you know i can usually say okay this sounds this sounds very similar mm-hmm. but i wasn't able to get that clip unfortunately but i just know now there's there's just a lot of people who've said stuff and she's admitted it a bunch of times too so and maybe it's her dad i don't know it's like beyonce you're so good you don't have to take credit for things that aren't yours you're good enough on your own like you are. You're very talented. You don't have to like, you know, if, if this song's Neo, say it, or if this age of seventeen, that idea of taking that guitar riff, riff, if that was your producer, it doesn't it doesn't doesn't make you less than what you are. Like you're 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 great. You're a great performer. You're a great singer, and you're a good writer, from what I can tell. There's no need to, you know, take that for on your as your own. It doesn't yeah. make sense. That's all. Okay. That shit. That shit comes back to, to bite you in the ass. On I'm sure week. it should be okay. On Quantum Week. Uh, um, yeah, I'm sure she'll be fine. I'm sure this will have no impact at all on her career and she'll just be considered wildly famous and successful. <laughs> so it really, really doesn't matter at all. It really doesn't bite her in the ass. So. I mean, well, it did bite her in the ass a little bit. I mean, there was some public embarrassment around it. Like, I guess. People, people are, people her fans her, don't care. Her fans don't. Yeah, but that's how it is with every, right, so every fan of everybody. Not, you're so nihilist today. What's going on? No, I'm just, I'm just I mean, no, no, it doesn't, no, like, she stole, I mean, that's, that's the thing is she can, 
go if she wants to go steal more stuff from, from whatever TikTok or the fuck is happening. Um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I get no, she can't. You're right. She can do it. Yeah, she can do it. But if I find it, I'm gonna, you know, I'll talk Uh-oh. about it. <laughs> I was on nines. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I thought that you would. You don't find this part. In, you don't find that interesting. I don't find it interesting. I also don't. I, I just. I, I say it's tough because everyone's looking for. You know, when you, when you come ultra famous and ultra successful, everyone's oh, no, everyone's going to come out of the the, the cracks and all the termites going to come out. And some of the termites might be right. Some of the termites might be wrong. Oh, absolutely. So she you probably, gotta, you know, and then you're right. And you, you're, she's saying it just, she, she's also on mic all the time. She, she's been famous for you know, Christ, 25 years, like ultra famous. I know where every single sentence she says is now dissected. So, you know, have I said stuff before and you know, uh, maybe I misspoke or something. I'm sure, you know, we do this show once in a while. We're like, Oh, you know, you know, you'll say stupid shit. And it's like, Oh, all right. It's not great. Okay. But she's making up a, st- it's a little bit different than fucking. Oh uh, yeah. I fuck up all the time too, or misremember things all the time, but she's making up stories about how she came yeah, it's to weird. I think, but she's, I think when you get that famous, you get kind of weird. I don't know. I, I, I don't see it's a big deal. I think like if she's like <sighs> caught like legit, like the Billy ocean stuff is a really good one. Cause like, it really catches this guy, like with his hand in a cookie jar. I think just like random like news bulletins or random like stories about how she stole some choreographers. I, I, just, I guess I also just kind of don't care. Yeah. I don't know. And it's just like, eh. it just, it seems like, I don't know. Poisons the well for me when I know that somebody does that. I think the anger everybody does it. And who knows? Who knows what happened to her dad might've stolen it or even it might've been some, there's so many people working for her. Somebody could have stolen it and give it to her. And then, she, you know, she maybe collaborates on a new version of it. She thinks she created it. But really, the guy's st- like, we don't know. There's so many, so many hands in the cookie jar. Who knows? I don't know. I guess I just can't bring myself to care that much. Okay. Well, there yeah. you go. Liars and thieves. Oh. Friend of the show. That's right. Donald Sutherland. <laughs> Don. No, no. I would never besmirch the great Donald Sutherland's <laughs> name like that. Uh, where were you? Um, so this was uh, my first sales job. Oh, all right. Yeah. I'm not a big, I don't like, you're, you've been a sales guy. I, I, I have. Like, I, it's different personality. I like I, I different types of sales too. Oh yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, what you were right. What you were so I was I was in the mortgage industry for uh, for four years. I think it's a diff. Yeah, it's yeah. different. I don't know though. I think I think actually you're the kind of salesperson that I would like. You are the kind. Of, my feeling is I've never seen you in a sales environment, but I'm I'm that's what I'm gathering that I wanted to be the type of salesperson that you are, which is just super honest. This is what we have, and that's it, and you're done. Yep. Um, and if you don't want it, that's fine. That's right. but I'm just going to tell you what we have and it's cool. Yep. Uh, didn't work for this sales job. So, uh, this was like during the meteor meteoric rise of like the mortgage, uh, mortgage sales, uh, in the United States. So, uh, and so I, I, I crested this, like I saw just the mortgage industry fucking rise and boom and boom and boom. And then just totally get destroyed and be gone, you know, with the 2008, um, Absolutely. All the shit that went down with all the banks going out of business and everything. But um, I was it. It really left a sour taste in my mouth. So I was in, so I was working for a doctor's office. Uh, it was kind of like my first real job besides being in retail. And I sort of learned everything that I wanted to learn from there. And I was like, I need to make more money. And a buddy of mine, um, she went and worked for a mortgage company. It was a newer mortgage company. There were a few that cropped up that they just, they made, they just explode. They made so much money and it was, it was fucking, it was crazy. So I, I, I was seeing people bring home, you know, $15,000 checks in, yeah. on a, in a month. And, and as a 24, oh, 25 yeah. year old kid, I'm like, holy shit. Like my best months, I was like, this is more, like, I made half that last year. Like, you know what I mean? It was that, it was that type of money sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I, like, I really hate it. It was def, it was like a Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross situation where you're, it was di- like, I was telemarketing, different states of the country and it it like worked there was a script that you had to follow and i didn't really know any better at first i was just kind of like this is you know i can do this whatever i can read stuff i can be nice on the phone but it wasn't it i at the end i didn't feel very good about what i was doing um not that i was trying to do anything wrong it's just i the types of hmm, i don't know if i don't know how much you know how, how this works but like so there are the, at least this is how it is now too. So Fannie and Freddie are two big public private banks and they buy mortgages is a, a simple way to, to think about it. So a lot of the, you know, even if you get a mortgage or refi right now with even with a local bank, a lot of times they're underwriting it so that Freddie and Fannie will buy it. 
and a lot of you know maybe your bank still services the loan, meaning collects your pay, your payment and they get a percentage of that or whatever. But it's bought. It's sort of su- it's it's subsidized, really. So what was happening is in the late '90s into the Clinton administration and Congress, what really decided that everybody should own a home. So they re- they they instru- Congress instructed Freddie and, and Fannie to relax um, the criteria it took for people to qualify for a mortgage, meaning we will buy these mortgages from you even if, you know, the, the borrowers are less credit worthy or even if they don't have a job or even, you know, they relaxed it, um, which so on a retail level, so your local bank and these mortgage companies that cropped up were like, okay, well, if, if, the, if the government basically is going to subsidize these loans, if they're going to buy them from us, then we're, of course we're going to write them because we want to make money. And that's what happened. That's what created this huge, huge, huge boom. And people a lot of times blame, blame the banks for this, but it's not really the bank's fault. The banks were underwriting the loans that the government would buy. Um, and, uh, you know, un, like I said, under, uh, you know, legally mandated by Congress to do. So, but it still didn't feel very good because I'm writing mortgages for people who have terrible credit scores, right, right, right. who have, you know, who you could do no doc loans, meaning you don't have to prove. So when you do a, when you do a loan, you're, you're, you're proving your credit worthiness with, which is your credit score. Um, how likely you are to forecl- be foreclosed on your, you know, your, the amount of money you make, your debt to in- income basically, and uh, whether or not you have assets. And so some of these no doc loans, you don't have to prove any of that. Like if you have a good enough credit score, you don't have to prove you have a job. You don't have to, it's, and they're so easy to process because it's like credit score application approved uh, and done. And here you can have $500,000, but a lot, you know, a lot of times the people who are qualifying for these loans, they, they couldn't really afford to pay it back. Right, right, right. And that's why you saw like all these foreclosures happen. Now, were you getting paid on commissions based yeah. on approved loans? Yeah, So yeah, it was yeah, in yeah. your benefit to approve them. So I didn't have the ability to approve them. Underwriters did. Okay. I, I was the only, the sales, I was basically taking the application, um, assessing whether or not they would qualify based on the lend, you know, based on the underlying, uh, underwriting guidelines. Right. And then collecting all the documents that we needed to do it. But I, I wasn't approving it. Uh, we didn't have that ability. And even our underwriters who were, you know, in-house with us, they weren't, it wasn't really up to them. They were approving it based on what the government was going to buy. Yeah. So, you know, it, yeah, no. Uh, and usually, so sometimes, like your local bank or credit union, sometimes they will keep loans in-house. They won't sell it on the secondary market to the government, basically. And so then their in-house underwriters are, are approving. So the bank is kind of approving their own loan, but those are portfolio loans that they're keeping. So they're, they usually scrutinize a little bit more because they don't want to default. And, that, and that's actually a common misconception that people have, like when all this shit went down, is that banks want to foreclose. Banks want to put you in a bad situation so they can foreclose on your house. They do not want to do that. Banks are not in the real estate business. When they foreclose on you, they're going to lose money on that loan because they're not going to, you know, foreclose as a terrible stigma, um, on, you know, on the property, you're never going to sell it back for, for what you lent on it. They never, they, they do not want to foreclose most like vast majority of time. Um, but I'm right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing these loans for people who, who, um, you know, if you look at it objectively, they're not making a lot of money and they're buying these, you know, and, and that's what happened. Like you saw all, the, the back end of this in 2000, late 2007, 2008, where people were foreclosing over and over all these subprime loans. Subprime just means that they're not like, they're just, yeah, they're just not as credit worthy as as as, as a traditional as loan. traditional yeah. loan, right? Um, a traditional loan, you're only buying eighty, you're only borrowing eighty percent of the value of your property. You know, you have a seven twenty credit score. You know, your debt to income ratios are forty percent. That that's normally what it is. It's outside of those parameters. So it was, you know, it was, and, and so I moved on. Like I was only there at the, my first place. I'm not going to name it, but the first place I was um, dialing for fucking you know telemarketing. I moved on to a situation that was way better. I was a broker, which meant I had access to... So the bank, the first place I was working for, I had one option. It was a one-size-fits-all thing, and it, it streamlined the whole, the whole thing. But they made a shit ton of money off it. The rates weren't as good, whatever. But So I moved into a broker situation where I had um, sort of the pick of all these wholesale lenders' products so I could really fit in okay, you know, I have all the best rates. So if you're a really good borrower, you know, you would qualify for this and you would get the better rates or, or, you know, if it was a, you know, construction loan or whatever, I I just had a lot, a lot better suite. And then I felt a little bit, a lot better about what I was doing because I was really, you know, matching the right thing to people. Um, But it was, it was a, it was like a, it was just such a crazy experience to see this like huge 
rise, peak, and like destruction of this market all within this four, you know four or five year span. So that was my first sales job. Now, I don't. Why I don't didn't take you? Why didn't you go? I mean, that job doesn't sound fun at all. Wasn't really. fun. So why didn't you go work? You mentioned an earlier episode like how you got into school for basically music. Yeah, education. Why don't you just go be a music teacher? Like, doesn't that doesn't that seem more appealing? No, than because I was only you know out, out of school I would have made less than thirty thousand dollars a year. Uh, the hours are crazy long, and for if you're a music teacher, you you're not just you know uh, I know regular other teachers they've got to grade things, but if you're a music teacher, you're doing stuff after school all the time. Yeah, because course. you've got right. if you're in high school, you've got marching band, or you've got performances, and, yeah. or you're teaching chorus lessons and all sorts of shit so that it's like it's a, so much work i just but that there weren't there weren't there weren't some days when you were just there at the mortgage place and you're like just looking at this and it's like you know what? i should just, just fuck this i like mortgages in general because it's this big it's my project management side where i like the puzzle because it really has a lot of moving parts you got to figure out you know you're looking at um a lot of different things to see what they qualify for and then putting them in the right place you know, trying to get the best situation for them. And, um, and it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a puzzle. And I, I like that aspect of it. I didn't, I didn't like the telemarketing aspect, but I did that for maybe 10 months and then I no, moved on to something else. And, I, right. and then I was out of that. I wasn't that at all. Um, and I did, yeah, I like the puzzle part of it. And I like the, I like numbers. Music is a very math oriented discipline and I like numbers. I've always liked it. And it's good money, um, you know, once you get a, you know, enough people who know you and trust you. And, you know, I got, like, I wrote, um, you know, I got to, yeah, I wrote a loan for, like, my my grandparents who were buying their their new house in Massachusetts after they sold their their house in Maine. And, like, I get to help them out and babysit that through and make sure that it was done right. Because there's sleazy people out there, too, everywhere. There's sleazy people in mortgages. and um, Or, like, friends who wanted to buy their first house. Like, I got to, that, that, all, that always felt good. And, yeah, yeah I... I, I liked it. I just, uh, it, it got, it, what ended up happening was it, you know, it totally tanked, but then I also moved to California, right? That, that was the perfect time I left. And then I'm like, okay, it's sort of a, a pattern shift. I'm doing something different now. Um, I need to figure out a way to live out there. It wasn't going to be in mortgages cause I had no con- connections. I had to do something else. So, but I, I, I liked, I, I liked parts of it. Definitely. Hmm. All right. I don't really like sales. I'm, I'm not, it's just well, not my, I always say, I mean, so people are like, I don't like sales. Like, right, what kind of sales do you do? Well, I did tell about like, yeah, no one likes fucking mm. telemarketing. You know, that sucks. Um, exactly. I mean, I did telemarketing stuff in my early twenties too, but then yeah. you eventually graduate to a, hopefully a, a bit more advanced element of sales where right. it becomes, I mean, the last time I had is it's all relationship building. So like you yeah. have a client, but then you have that same client. So I might only have say, you know, 200, you know, 300 clients, but, you know, I know all of their name, you know, you start to know them, you know, about their kids or about what's going on with their, you know, all the country, maybe about certain things going on, you know, in their particular region that sure. is important. Or like when I was working on a baseball, like just the industry at large. So it becomes more about just like touching base with acquaintances than it is about. Yeah. You're not cold. Calling cold people. Calling. You're not walking. And I did that. And yeah. you know, my early twenties and it fucking sucks. Yeah. Like no one likes that. Even, you know, that's not fun for anybody, but you know, sales in theory, you, you move into what's called a more of a, a consulting, consulting salesperson, which is like, you're kind of educating the customer on different products yeah. or just about what you do. And it becomes less about buy this yeah. mortgage or buy this vacuum from me, um, which sucks. And I've done it and it's not fun. Yeah. No one likes that. But yeah. I don't know if I'd call that. I wouldn't put all of that under the sales umbrella necessarily. Um, I think there's a lot of different, like, it's, it's like anything, you know, someone might want to be a doctor, but doesn't want to be a gynecologist. Sure. Doesn't want to be a, a foot doctor or something, you know? Um, okay. Where were, we know where you were. Let's talk about some headlines. We are in October 5th through 11th of 2003. We are. So this is something I know we've talked about in the show before. You, you're familiar with October 5th. Uh, Timothy Treadwell died. Uh, this is, uh, the guy from Grizzly Man. Yes. Uh, now the movie doesn't come out for two years, so I didn't know who he was until the movie came out. This is a Herzog, um, the Warner Herzog documentary. He did the documentary. Have you seen that, right? Yeah, I have. Yeah, oh, it's oh. crazy, right? He, that guy's a. He's crazy. Definitely lunatic. check it. If you haven't seen the documentary, definitely check it out. It is one of the wildest wild. documentaries I've ever seen. It's him. It's uh, Timothy Treadwell and his girlfriend both died. Got both got attacked by bears. Um, he lived with the bears for twelve years in Alaska. In right. Alaska. Every year, he every would year go he'd out. go and live with the bears for a season. Yeah. Um. 
and he would film himself and like play yes. a part. He wanted to. He wanted to be the crocodile hunter. Like, yeah, he, you know, he was. He, he he had just. I guess he had just missed out on the Woody Harrelson, Woody Boyd character in Cheers. Oh, and I guess after he just missed out on that, and um, he kind of like spiraled into madness, and the madness yeah. continued throughout his entire life. But yeah, so he died on this day. We wouldn't. You probably wouldn't have known that until two years later. But this yeah. is this is when it happened. But if you haven't checked out the documentary, definitely check it out. It's a wild story. It's wild. Um, very disturbing and dark, but yeah, very uh, interesting. Uh, on October seventh, California holds a recall election, and Arnold Schwarzenegger becomes governor of California. I'm guessing right. he was governor when you were out there. He was. Um, Gray Davis uh, was the governor that was recalled. It was only the second governor recalled in U.S. history. Wow, she didn't know that. Uh, 1921 in North Dakota, a governor named Lynn Frazier was the first. Since then, in 2012, a governor in Wisconsin. I believe the one that Scott Walker took over for. Yeah. He was, uh, that governor was recalled. Um, Davis became unpopular because of gun control laws. Yep. And electricity crisis. And he blocked a proposition to risk, like basically the proposition was to uh, restrict uh, illegal immigrants rights. Um, like there was basically illegal immigrants wouldn't have access to certain things. And uh, the proposition passed. So the people of California didn't want the illegal immigrants to have access to these things. But then Gray Davis basically kind of like stonewalled that yeah. proposition from moving forward. And that created a lot of bad blood. So those three things, probably primarily the electricity crisis, I would say of those were the, probably the biggest issue. Yeah. It seemed to be just reading about it. Would you agree? I think you were so. out there more yeah. well shortly after. Always have. They always have electricity issues. Yeah. Because well, they're, you know, they're really bills tri- are tripling, I guess. Well, it's wild. It's because they, you know, they have certain, I can't, I think they have legislation requiring a certain percentage comes from renewables and it just can't keep up. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't keep up. Yeah. So. And it, he was only governor for four. The, the recall, I have issues of recall. I don't think it's fair. You don't think so? No. Like, I, part of, I, I guess I'm kind of split on it, but if you get elected to a term, you should be able to full, fulfill that term. And he had just got reelected. It's the craziest thing. He just yeah. got reelected. And then like six months later, he gets like recalled. Um, no, I, this I, doesn't seem fair. I don't give a shit of fair about polit- polit- politicians. I, you know, I think, but I guess you I should be accountable. Should have, like, like any of yeah, us should be exactly, accountable at our right. jobs. Like we can yeah, get fired C- or whatever. CEO comes in to a company and fucks up for six months. It's going to get, it's going to lose his job. Like I think, so I guess then he, then these people should too. I don't know. It I just seems so. kind of, I don't know. I guess only like 19 states allow a recall. Like most states don't allow for it. Like you well, can't. If New do Hampshire it. does. Or no. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then um, all you need in California is that you don't have to do anything legal. It just simply just like the will of the voter. So if the voter decides that you're not doing a good job, if you're just then how they, do they can recall the, you. How do they hold the vote though? They have. It, There's got to be some sort of mechanism that right. Puts that. So I think the will of the vote. So so basically, and I guess this happens every time in California, no matter who the governor is. It starts. So someone says, "I don't like the job the governor is uh, doing." Then you get a petition and then you can have, if the petition's long enough, then you can have, it has to go through a few different mechanisms. Yeah. And then finally you have this basically almost like a runoff and um, you're voting for the recall. And if you vote for the recall, who should replace them? And it was a bunch of people. It was like the ballot was huge. Yeah. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger had the most votes of that, of Probably that the group. The biggest name. Name recognition, of course. Um, yeah. And then, so he got elected and he served, he, he didn't get reelected. He got to a second yes, term. He did. You know, he was never recalled. Like I said, it's very rare when it happens. Yeah. Um, so he was governor when you were out there, right? Yeah, he did was. you like him? Not like him? What was that like? I was have, it weird. I've been indifferent for, to this stuff for, you know, since the mid two thousands, like when I sort of had my political awakening, I, I don't really pay too much attention to him. I, I mean, he's it's kind of weird that he was your governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Isn't that kind of weird? I think the, I think, I think probably at the time I thought it was novel and then, you know, I got over it. It doesn't seem novel anymore. Cause you, you know, he's, he did that for so long. He did that for eight years. Yeah. There was even talk about him running for president. I realize he's not a natural born U S citizen, right. but there were, you know, I think people were discussing how ways in which he could have made that happen. He was popular yeah, in California. Say, it's typical uh, with two term people. The first term popular and the yeah. second term, they kind of, yeah, yeah. it, it, it kind of all goes kind of astray. That, that's very common in politics. I so. think, you know, even though he ran as a, he is a Republican. He was still, you he know, pretty he's, moderate. he's a, yeah, he's, he's not really, you know, I wouldn't call. It. I would. He's like a Massachusetts Republican. It's kind of the mm. same same you thing. You have here. to be out there in California. You, yeah, definitely. Although, you know, um, actually, what was happening when I was out there? They were real. You know, this has been. They've been talking about this forever. But there was, there was definitely more of a movement towards splitting California up into into, into smaller states. You hear that all the time. You do, but I I feel like then it was really starting to happen again. Like mm. really starting to people were really talking because the coasts, the elite coasts, are way different. It's a whole different thing. So it was like New York. 
or the north, like north Northern California. So it's like, a whole different, a whole different yeah, thing. Yeah, north of of, yeah. Uh, of San Francisco. It's, a whole it's so different. Yeah. Even Sacramento, like yeah, and way north. It's so the different. The problems they have in Sacramento are be way different than they have in San Diego. Way different. Yeah. So I I think it's I mean it se- yeah it seems like there's enough of a difference between what each section wants that they should just do that. They should just do it. Do it. I don't know. It's I guess smaller. This, I guess there's reasons not to. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, it's it's weird. California is such a huge. It's such a huge state. So big. So big. You know. Populous, and yeah. uh, but I mean, even smaller states like New York. You know, look at New York. You know, some the issue someone's having in Cooperstown or in you know Oneonta, upstate New York, is going to be so much different than the issues that people have in New York City. Yeah. Like it's like a it's like a whole different world. Yeah. It's not even. But yet New York City is so big, it could totally control who gets elected and that's the issue yeah so and also controls a lot, a lot of the funding that's coming into the entire state is a large like so i mean you kind of it, it's 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 nice to live in a state like new hampshire where it is smaller so basically you know pretty much i know there are some differences in no you know but but the not is, that the issues much that affects one new hampshire yeah uh one grand state is going to affect another one it's going to be fairly similar fairly similar yeah um, i like that me too. Yeah. I like living in a small state. Our state's very small. Uh, I know the most populous city is like a hundred thousand, 110,000 or something. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and not, it's also just small square mileage. Like right. it's just, you know, it's just not, not a very, so it's nice to have kind of, I like that. I know from, you know, tip to tip, it would take a six hour drive. I was, it was probably 12 hour drive South to North in California, something like that. It's so, you know, it's so vast. It really is vast. I did that drive a lot from, um, well, I, I went from San Francisco down to LA, but then San Francisco up into Seattle. It's like, so, you know, it's so massive. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like going from Virginia back right. to Boston or something. It's crazy um, how how big it is and how different it is. You got, you know, the huge mountains and the uh, Shasta and the mountain ranges on the top of, of California and then Yosemite and like all the rural mountainous places. So different than the, than the cities. It's, during, I think they should break up. During the last years, I went to Arizona twice yeah. for almost a month each time. Just kind of just out there hanging out. Yeah. I had family out there. And, uh, one time I was at a party of talking to a very attractive girl and I was, uh, I was just chatting her up and I was, and, and she's like, where are you from? She's very, very dumb. And I was like, I'm from New Hampshire. She goes, what's that? I'm like, Oh, well, it's near so what? It's, she never heard of it. So I'm like, it's near Boston. It's near, you know, it's, it's near that area. She goes, Oh, you mean those little States up there? What are we talking about here? I mean, when I was a kid, I memorized every single state and capital. I think about that a lot. I, I still know I st- all of I them. Still, I still think of, I still think of her, her saying that. And I think of like us as like, the how little are you, states up there. I like that. Yeah, but how <laughs> dumb are you not to know oh, all the states dumb. and capitals? She's dumb. Jesus. The little states up there. I, 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 like that. I don't like this girl. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure she's old doing well right now I'm sure she's a, a brain surgeon or she's a, a high-powered uh, attorney or i hope I'm sure not. she's doing very well i don't want to I'm sure she's doing great. i don't want her to operate on me or represent me she doesn't know new sure, she's very successful in her i've had that happen though out west out yeah. west like they're really they don't they don't they're very like uh self-absorbed they don't really know anything else well i think it's just a whole different i mean it's, in fairness if you ask someone you know if you ask some people maybe that aren't super worldly to point out wyoming or idaho on a map they would not you know, up here, they wouldn't know where. Okay. So again, and I have a problem with that too. Like I would know all those States. You put the fucking map of the country not in every, front of me. It's like, I always say, not everyone can be Matt Carano. We all, we you can all, always say that we can all just try. <laughs> yes. <you can. laughs> what the hell else are we doing this week? Uh, yeah. So we're back on uh Saturday with kill bill volume one, which right. is a movie I'm more excited to talk about than school rock. Yep. And then our Patreon, we are, I uh, have lost in translation. Once again, a movie I'm more excited to talk about than school rock. Anything else? That's all I got. See you next time.